There is a Reds rumor on the hot stove that is actually plausible. What the rumor is and how it can happen and why it might be the next big thing Nick Crawl has up his sleeve will be the topic of today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host Stephen Offenbaker is out today. He'll be back tomorrow, so it's just you and me talking about the Cincinnati Reds. I'm a lifelong fan and really an addict of this team, and I've turned an addiction into information for you as Locked On Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day, and we're free and available on all platforms, so we thank you for making us your first listen coming up on today's podcast rumors. We have rumors and yes, I know we're not talking about free agents. We're not talking about the budget. That's something that Steve and I will talk about tomorrow. We're talking about trade rumors for your Cincinnati reds and plausible ones at that very exciting stuff going on here, because this is the kind of thing that is going to take Nick crawls performance that Steve and I love so much from last season and elevate it to the next level. I love what I'm hearing here. And let's talk about that because the reds are looking to trade an infield prospect for an outfield prospect of similar upside. This is the next step for Nick crawl to run this team like a winning organization. This comes from Ken Rosenthal. Rosenthal has a piece in the athletic that he regularly updates. It's things that he's hearing, uh, from the winter meetings, things that he's hearing from other general managers and things like that throughout the off season. Ken Rosenthal is a big driver of what the hot stove is in 2022. Uh, he had this to say, and this was specifically about the reds. He said one rival official says the reds are aggressively pursuing trades, aggressively pursuing trades. Love it. In which they work off their surplus of shortstop prospects to acquire outfielders with similar upside. Even if none of those deals come to fruition, the Reds' stable of young infielders bolstered by the additions of Noelfi Marte and Edwin Arroyo in the Luis Castillo trade gives the team numerous options going forward. Let that sink in for I just love that. The, the Reds have options. They have trade options, and this is part of the plan, part of Nick Crawl's plan to turn the Reds into a winning organization year in and year out that we didn't necessarily dive into on last Friday's episode. There were lots of people that were confused. They're just like, so the plan is literally to just draft and develop and do nothing else. No, trading is part of the plan because you have to reposition certain assets. When you look at a prospect, that is a shortstop type dude. Yes, he is athletic and that makes him a shortstop. But as we have mentioned before, you can move those guys around and try them in different positions, but that is a gamble. So the reds may look to take a different gamble in swapping them for a bona fide outfield player. Somebody who's been in the outfield for their entire life as a ball player. I would love to think that that is Nick crawls next move. There's lots that is going into this because you might just be thinking, well, this is just smoke. This is Ken Rosenthal talking to somebody else about the reds. This isn't it. But Bobby Nightingale actually alluded to something like this 
a few days Ken Rosen uh, a few days before Ken Rosenthal came out with his note and uh, Bobby's article included this crawl quote he uh, Nick crawl said this we can make trades making a trade doesn't mean you have to just trade a big prospect for a veteran player you can make prospect trades you can make trades for lower cost more controllable players in the big leagues I think there are a lot of those conversations going on, and that is the end of Nick Crawl's quote there. There were a couple of great quotes in that article from Bobby in the Inquirer. It's, it's a very worthwhile read because it's interesting to note that the Reds, even at the winter meetings, were talking about swapping some prospects. They have 19,000 shortstop prospects. We've talked about this before, and not everybody can play shortstop. You can only really have one shortstop. I mean, you could probably try to stack eight infielders right there where your shortstop's supposed to be, but I don't know who's going to catch a pitch, and I don't know who's going to field a grounder at first and all that great stuff. So obviously, they're going to have to move. With that, Nick Crawl understands that he has value that he can change into value for the outfield. The outfield is very weak right now, and really when you look at the future prospects of the outfield, you hope you can move. Steve always talks about moving Matt McClain to center field. You hope that works out. Jose Barrero played some time in the outfield. Don't know if that's really going to be a thing. You don't have those guys. And, and as much as I love the F troop of TJ Friedel, Stuart Fairchild, and Jake Fraley, the Reds can get better there, and they could do that by making a savvy trade. This is why I say Nick Crawl has an opportunity to elevate his performance and jump the Reds into the type of trajectory of a Cardinals or a Guardians. This is something that those teams do. They make trades. Not every single one of their players, and we talked about those teams in last week's episode because someone asked, they said, okay, who does this whole draft develop uh, and win thing? Does that work for people? Yes, it does. And, and the Astros did this too. Mo many of their key contributors were guys that they traded for who were either about to get called up or had just been called up and maybe got like their feet wet a little bit in the major leagues. I mean, you look at the teams, that, the, the biggest example that I can think of is Adam Wainwright. Adam Wainwright was not drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals, but he has been their most valuable pitcher. I, I think you can argue he was more valuable than Chris Carpenter ever was for that team over the last 20 years. He was traded for, he was drafted by the Atlanta Braves, and he was part of a deal where they made a swap for him right before he was ready to get called up. You look at a couple of other different guys that were swapped in, you know, big league type deals. The, the Guardians roster is full of them, where it was guys who had just barely started their major league career, and the Guardians traded a prominent prospect for that guy and then turned their team into a playoff team last year with the lowest budget of any payroll or lowest payroll of any playoff team last season. This is how you elevate the draft and develop strategy. We keep hearing draft and develop from the Reds because I believe that that is a more palatable way to say rebuild. Part of rebuilding though is also trading. And this is where we are hearing these rumors. It is encouraging to hear these rumors. And like Nick crawl said, it was from Nick crawl's mouth. He says, I think there are a lot of those conversations going on. We've heard rumors before about, well, the Mets called the Reds about Alexis Diaz or, you know, there are different rumors here or there. And Nick Kroll will always say, like, 
Yeah, well, not really. I mean, there's nothing there. There's no fruition. He's not saying that. He's saying that there are conversations going on. And it's probably not something that's going to happen today. It's probably not going, going to happen tomorrow. But at some point this offseason, the Reds are going to make a trade. And this is what uh, they're looking to trade one of their infield prospects, most likely somebody who's listed as a shortstop, for an outfield prospect of similar upside. And that is exciting because this is the next step for Nick Crawl to run this team like a winning organization. So what would a trade, uh, what would a trade target really, uh, fitting this bill look like? Who would the Reds look to add? I've got a couple of suggestions, starting with somebody from the White Sox, and that's coming up here next. But first, today's episode is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Uh, you know, Carlos Correa is still out there on the free agent market, and Bet Online has some odds for him because, uh, well, the Giants, uh, they were supposed to sign Aaron Judge. At least everyone thought that. Uh, in fact, Bet Online for a moment had them with better odds to sign Aaron Judge than the Yankees. But that's why, you know, that's why it's a gamble. The, uh, the Giants are currently favored, according to Bet Online, to land Carlos Correa now. Uh, do you think that's going to happen? I don't know. Bet online has all the information to help you out with that. They actually have the twins right behind them. So they have the giants odds at plus plus one ten. They have the twins odds at plus plus one twenty. reports are the twins really do want to bring him back. But if you want the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find, you've got to go to betonline.net. As always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information, and they've got live betting. They've got up-to-the-minute scores for literally every sport out there. It's the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the NFL as we march toward the playoffs. Bengals got another win beating down them brownies last week. Now they got the Bucks. You got the old goat and Tom Brady against the new goat in Joe Burrow. Uh, they've got everything when you're talking about uh, college football, the bowl season's getting going, college basketball, you've got MMA, you've got boxing, you've got golf, it's all at betonline.net. Head to betonline.net now on your desktop or your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thanks so much for joining us here on today's Locked On Reds. It's just you and me today. Steve will be back tomorrow and on tomorrow's podcast, there's one New York team that is spending money on free agents like it's on fire, and it's not the Yankees. What the spending spree and enormous payroll of the New York Mets means for the Reds and for the rest of baseball will be what Steve and I talk about on tomorrow's podcast. But today we're talking about the exciting rumors, the rumors that the Reds are looking to make a deal. They understand they have too many shortstop prospects. They have too many infield prospects. And rather than gamble on moving a guy from a position that he has played for most of his life to a completely new position like they did with Nick Senzel, they're trying not to do that again. The Reds are looking for similar upside in a trade for one of those outfielders. But I will say this, I'll add this, depending on who they trade from their team, they need someone with similar major league readiness. That's not something that was included in Ken Rosenthal's report, but I think it should be implied. And I think that Nick Kroll understands it. Nick Kroll has shown that he understands the position that the Reds are in. I don't think that they're going to turn around and trade Ellie De La Cruz for some 18-year-old who's not going to be up for six years. 
that's not going to happen. I think that the Reds understand, and hopefully they don't. I'll get to this in a minute. Hopefully they don't trade Ellie De La Cruz. But if they were, it would be for a guy with similar talent, similar hype, and similar timeline to be a major league player. And I'm looking at a couple of different guys. That's This is where I, I've got a few ideas. i got three different outfielders that I've kind of come up with. This is a quick look. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely have more in-depth conversations looking at some guys, some possibilities, especially with the Diamondbacks, because Ken Rosenthal singled them out specifically as a team that is looking to get rid of a glut of outfielders. It would seem like the Reds are natural trade partners with the Diamondbacks in this regard, because the Diamondbacks could use some infielders, but the Diamondbacks have also said they're looking for established major league players. The Reds don't really have any of those to offer them for some of their outfield prospects. So the natural partnership between the Reds and Diamondbacks may not actually be there. So I don't have any Diamondbacks on my list for today. I've got three outfielders and I'm starting with Oscar Colos, a right fielder in the White Sox organization. I believe I pronounced that. It was Colos or Colos or Colos or something like that. Uh, but Baseball America says that he could contend for the White Sox starting right field job this year out of camp and has the kind of well-rounded hitting approach that will bring good numbers all the way around. Not just power numbers, not just contact numbers, all of the numbers. He's got a good approach at the plate. He also has a great arm, but he has below average speed, which will kind of disqualify him from being a center fielder. He would be more of a right fielder but he has the kind of bat that the Reds would be looking for. The only thing with that is he needs to learn to lay off the low and away stuff. And I know that you all just got flashbacks to Aristides Aquino trying to swing at every single low and away pitch that has ever been thrown at him. But this is not the same thing because yes, he has trouble with the low and away pitch, but it has only elevated his strikeout percentage to 20%. My man Aquino had a way higher strikeout percentage than that. So I think that, yes, it is something he needs to work on, but it's not something that makes me think, oh, gosh, here we go. It's Aquino all over again. But Oscar Oscar Colas from the White Sox, a possible right field option that the Reds could trade for. Another guy that the Reds should look for in these, you know, swapping an infielder for an outfielder type moves is a guy that the Orioles have named Colton Kowser. Now, Colton Kowser has a great bat, though it's just unclear as to what his strength is in his approach at the plate. He's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, but a master of none right now. So I think that that's probably something that comes through maybe a little bit more honing in AAA, though I don't think it's going to take quite a lot because he really rocketed up through the Orioles organization after being drafted. He's got good athleticism and can play center field, but Baseball America notes that he could be more suited for one of the corner outfield positions. The The thing that really has me excited about Colton Kowser is through the minor leagues last season. Like I said, he moved up through the Orioles organization pretty quick, and he did so because his on-base percentage was over 400 for the entire year. Yes, on-base percentage over 400 for an entire year getting Joseph Daniel Votto vibes right there. He also had 18 steals, not necessarily Joseph Daniel Votto vibes on the steals, but he had 18 steals last year as well. So when he gets on, he is a threat to move. And I love that with the Reds have talked about their prioritizing speed with the way that they're rebuilding their roster. Colton Kowser could fit in very nicely with that. 
And he's a guy that, you know, he may be hard to get though. This is, I have him on the list, but I haven't really looked that hard. I haven't gone to baseballtradevalues.com or anything like that as to what a deal would look like because the Orioles themselves already have a pretty loaded farm system with no real need for an infielder. So this could be a situation where they, like the Diamondbacks, are saying, all right, if we're going to trade you Colton Kowser, we need an established major league player. And the Reds don't really have – I'm not thinking that – Jonathan India or Tyler Stevenson should be traded for this guy. So I, I just think that that's where the Orioles are. That might be Colton Kowser, maybe an option, but maybe not. The one dude that I really got excited about when I looked at this, though, is Baseball America uh, has him as a top 10 prospect in the Rays organization, and that's Mason Auer, I think. A-U-E-R. A-R, Mason Auer, I think, is his name. He's a center fielder in the Rays organization. Fast, fast, fast with a really strong arm. In fact, he was clocked at 98.9 miles an hour in the Arizona Fall League, throwing it from the outfield. That sounds like a keynote in the good way. Uh, his hitting approach is more refined for a 21-year-old, but still needs a little bit of polish to it. But they said that he's got very good contact with very good power. In fact, above average power is what uh, Baseball America notes for Mason R., he is predicted to be an above-average center fielder or an elite corner outfielder. I would love to see the Reds acquire a center field-type talent. And when they give the scouting numbers on Mason R, they put a 70 on his speed. Again, that's 20 to 80 on the scouting scale. 70 means plus-plus stuff. Um, that's like getting close to elite speed. And then his arm is an 80, literally, the highest you can go. Like the, the scouting scale, the scouting scale doesn't go above 80. That's what his arm is. Would love to see the Reds take a shot at Mason R. Although we know that, uh, trades with the Rays, the Rays are pretty good at that. So who knows what a trade like that would look like, but the Reds are looking for some similar upside in a trade. And depending on who they trade, a similar major league readiness. And this is where the question becomes, all right, who should the Reds look at trading and who should they keep in this scenario? I'll tell you why there is an obvious name on one of those sides coming up here in just a moment. But first, this episode is brought to you in part by Simply Safe. Here at Lockdown Reds, we believe home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. This season, Give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Lockdown Reds listeners like you 40% off a new security system. Just don't put this off here. Here's why I love it. They have an ease of control. All of the system's elements can be controlled through an app on your smartphone. Control your Simply Safe system from anywhere. It gives you peace of mind and easy access to safety. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. They have HD security cameras for the inside and out, and they even have hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system, Simply Safe. You can get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com/lockedonmlb today. That's simplysafe.com/lockedonmlb. There's no safe like Simply Safe. 
You can follow the podcast on all your favorite platforms, including YouTube. If this is your first time watching, thank you so much. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and you click the bell to get notified when we've got new content for you. Lots of new content coming this off season. This is our last week where we will have five episodes a week starting next week. We will drop down less than five episodes. It'll probably be three or four episodes each week up until pitchers and catchers report, but we're going to be with you all throughout the off season with Reds content for you each and every week. So make sure you're following us. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's as the little nameplate says. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two F's and you can follow the show at locked on Reds. All right. Who should the Reds trade? In this scenario, I'll make it really easy. Don't trade Ellie De La Cruz. I know that we have gone through a long period of time where the argument has always been trade anything that's not nailed down. Ellie De La Cruz should be nailed down. There is so many people that have seen him play, whether they be former players, whether they be scouts, whether they be executives, whether they be uh, media personalities. And literally all of them have the same thing to say. I don't want to compare him to anybody because number one, that's not fair to him. And number two, that's not fair to that other guy because Ellie is probably better than him. Ellie is so freaking good. Don't trade him. And I think that Nick crawl knows this. I think that Nick crawl is going to make sure that there are anybody who he picks up the phone to talk to say, Hey, I got an idea for a trade. And they say, Hey, how about Ellie de la Cruz? He's like, you know what? I'm running low on minutes. I'll talk to you later. That's it. Don't talk about Ellie de la Cruz going anywhere else except Cincinnati this year. He's going to be a stud. Can't wait to see this. And the, the other thing with this is probably the biggest problem with any of these trade scenarios is that shortstop isn't exactly set just yet. Like I know that the reds have a ton of shortstop prospects, but the key word there is prospects. They don't actually have a bunch of major league shortstops yet. Now, Ellie de la Cruz, I firmly believe will fix that. He will be the red shortstop. However, to assume that any of these guys are your everyday major league shortstop and say that the others aren't and make a trade out of that assumption could be detrimental. So maybe this isn't something that gets done. I don't think they trade Ellie De La Cruz. And I think that he plays shortstop and I think everything is fine. But the one thing with this rumor is the reds are trading out a trading out of a shortstop prospect surplus, not a shortstop surplus. It's two very different things. Um, I look at these, I look at the different guys that we're talking about. So we're talking about infielders. We're probably just talking about shortstops. So I don't think that uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand is in any one of these talks. He might be brought up, but honestly, other than Ellie De La Cruz, I think he's the closest to the major leagues. And Matt McClain isn't very far behind, although Matt McClain does fit the bill. I'd say the most expendable of the top Reds prospects who are infielders slash shortstops, whatever, are Noel V. Marte and Edwin Arroyo, the two guys that headlined the Luis Castillo trade. But of those two, I only think Arroyo makes sense to trade right now. Arroyo is a guy who they say is probably still not uh, going to be ready till about 2025, maybe even 2026. If you're telling me you could, you could flip him for a guy who is either ready to come up this year or maybe get a cup of coffee this year and be fully ready for 2024, then that is an A plus trade. 
if you could trade Edwin Arroyo for um, Mason R from the Rays, I would love to see that. You're talking about a guy with elite scouting numbers, the different scouts that have talked about Mason R. And R is close. I don't necessarily know that he would be in the major leagues this year, but maybe later on, maybe like an August or September type dude, get a cup of coffee, get ready for 2024 type stuff. But the tools that he has is very uh, enviable. And if you could flip Edwin Arroyo, who some say is better than Noel V. Marte, but he's just not going to be in the major leagues for a couple more years, then I think that you uh, speed up the window a little bit. Now, the caution with this, the caution with any of these trades is that when you're talking about prospects and when you're talking about what the Reds are trying to do, they're trying to build a system that furnishes their major league team with talent in waves. So we've got the first wave. We've got Hunter Green. We've got Nick Lodolo, We've got Graham Ashcraft. We've got Alexis Diaz. We've got Tyler Stevenson and Jonathan India. The next wave needs to start this year and next year and stuff like that. And then you've got to have a wave after that. And you got to have, it, it's got to be like the ocean. You got to just keep having waves coming in. So if you find yourself in a position, if Nick Crawl, I don't know why you would find yourself in this position, or I would, if Nick Crawl finds himself in this position where he's giving up a wave for now, then he's got to have another plan on the backside of that. Because as the Reds have said, the majority of their team, not all 26 guys on the major league roster, but the, the core of their team are going to be players that they have developed in their own farm system. So in order to do that, you have to have multiple waves. You have to have the Edwin Arroyos. You have to have the chase petties, the guys that are years away, but have some kind of talent that you're super excited about. Connor Phillips might be in that kind of a wave. I don't necessarily know that we're going to see him in the major leagues. Uh, I definitely don't think it's going to be this year. It might be a stretch to say 2024. So he might even be a 2025 guy. So those are the kind of guys that I'm talking about. Don't deplete a wave in order to go all in on this. And I know that's not something that we've said in the past, but if the Reds are going to follow the plan that they're that they've set out, then you don't mortgage your future for the present. Because if you do that, then you're saying, "Okay, we're going to try to do what we can to win this year, but then we will see some years of rebuilding." And we will see some years of leanness. The the whole idea of this plan is to create sustainability so that there are no lean years. So in order to do that, they have to be very careful with this trade. So I would wonder, I, I think that as I look at this more and more, I might even be talking myself out of Arroyo being the guy that makes the most sense here. Maybe it's Noel V. Marte because Noel V. Marte is kind of in between. Like he, he might be ready. He might be ready later on this year, or he might be a 2024 guy. If you could turn him if you could turn a 2024 guy into a 2023 guy, maybe like an Oscar Colos or something like that, then I think that that's a pretty good deal. But you got to be careful about messing up your plan here. And I think that Nick Crawl is fully aware of this. But th the whole idea with this rumor is that this is part of the plan. It's just we have to manage our expectations of what they look like. What the Reds are saying is they're not going to go out and, and make a trade – for like a Paul Goldschmidt. Now, not that 
Paul Goldschmidt's available, but I'm, I'm saying like comparatively here, we're not talking about Noel V Marte going uh, in a deal to somebody for a 30 year old been up in the major leagues for five or six years player. This is going to be a guy that maybe he got a cup of coffee last year. Maybe he debuted at some point last year, or maybe he didn't. And he's supposed to debut this year. That's the guy that we're looking at. So when you see the names of these guys that have been advertised to you quite a bit at Reds Fest, and maybe one of them gets traded for a name that you don't know because he is a prospect and not a major leaguer, don't lose your mind initially because it might actually be a pretty good deal because I love this rumor. This rumor is very indicative of how the Reds can take the next step and become a winning organization because it's not all draft and development. It's based on draft and development with helps from trades because you do have to marry the two. You can't, you can't shun one you can't shun trades. You can't shun free agency. You have to have a little bit of that. So how does Nick crawl take a teardown and turn it into a build up? That is his next great test because there is no more teardown. There's nothing left to tear down at this point. I mean, you could, you could trade Joey Votto and Mike Moustakis. There's a really good chance. You're not getting much for either one because of their contract situation and because of where they are in their careers. So how does Nick crawl start building the foundation or they've got the foundation? How does Nick crawl start building up the walls and get the ceiling and all that and get the roof and all that. That's his next test. And the fact that these rumors are out there, it's a good sign that he understands what's coming next. That's going to wrap up this edition of the lockdown reds podcast coming up tomorrow. Steve and I will discuss the Mets spending spree, how it affects the reds and what it means for baseball. Cause it's very interesting to see a team with a payroll of over $350 million. Yeah. Thanks for making lockdown reds. Your first listen for your next listen, check out the lockdown sports today podcast. They've got the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. That's all on the lockdown sports today podcast, which is just like lockdown reds. It's free and available everywhere. You get your podcasts. Make sure you keep it tuned with us all off season. You're subscribed. You've got the bell clicked on YouTube to get notified when we've got new content, because as the season rolls along, we're going to have all the rumors. We're going to have all the moves and we're going to keep you up to date on your favorite team because we are locked on reds every single day.